Hello there, my dear friends, and thanks for checking out this episode of Everybody's Got Something. This one is short, sweet, and has a lot of heart. You know, it's kind of like my guest, the wildly talented Leah Michelle. You know her from Glee and the many Broadway stages she has performed on. Leah's a very busy bee, and she graciously made time after her performance on GMA before her next interview to chat with us about her new album, Places. So, are you ready? It's showtime. Places, everyone. Places. Here we go. You can feel it in your heart. Feel it in your soul. Everybody's got a little something. Something that makes them feel gold. Oh my goodness. Leah Michelle. Many people know you from Glee. You're also a best-selling author, Broadway actress, and your second album is out and it's blowing up. Yes, so happy. Places. Places. I, I know it's a, a Broadway reference. I mean, obviously, the title does also allude to, you know, all the places in my life that have helped bring me to this place right now. But really, I wanted to call back to my past and where I've come from. This whole album for me was really about connecting with my true self and who I really am as a performer. So I wanted the title to really reflect that. And when you're on Broadway, you get a 30-minute call, a 15-minute call. And then when it's time to go on the stage, they say, places, everyone, places for the top of the show. And so when I hear it, it means it's showtime. And that's what this album is really about for me. And that's what's different from the first one, which right. was great. Thank you. But I heard you say that there were more people that there were a lot of cooks in the in the kitchen mm-hmm. for that one. And this one, you were more of yourself and saying, yeah. you know what? I got this. <laughs> I got this. Well, and, yeah. and we hear it's reflected in the, right. reflective in the, in, this, in the pieces, the songs. Thank you. Well, when I was recording my first album, um, which was in, I started it in 2013. 12 and it came out in 2014. So that was an incredibly busy time in my life, both personally and professionally. Um, you know, going into the recording studio for Glee every week and singing up to 10 songs. And then on the weekends, trying to be like, okay, well then who am I now as a solo artist? I would be, you know, singing songs for Glee anywhere from yeah, Michael Jackson to uh, Adele, salt and pepper to Madonna. (laughs) It was like, and then, oh, who am I? And I'm really someone I think that I, I pride myself on being very true to who I am and not really letting any other voices like get in the way. But I do see some of that in the first record, but mainly just I didn't have enough time to promote it, to really put all of my tender love and care into it. So it was so important for me to at first just have a clear vision of what I wanted this new record to be and then to put all of my energy into it. So I waited until Glee was finished. I said, you know what? I'm just going to go back to my real sound. And if that's not something you hear on the radio every day or if it's different, I don't care. <laughs> this is who you are. Yeah. And you have proven once again, anything's possible. Get it, girl. Anything's possible. Get it. You want to come sing back? I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in Philly, <laughs> Connecticut, hey. San Fran, Toronto, Boston. Wow. Come make a stop. I can make. I can. I can work that in. Get but it. I do. I do because when I think about anything's possible, and the podcast is called "Everybody's Got Something," mm-hmm. because we all have these things that have been thrown in our path, yeah. and what do we learn from it, and, and what not only for ourselves but to share with others. Yeah. What is the meaning behind "Anything's Possible"? So it was so important for me to have this song on my album. When um, I was doing Louder and I heard a song on that uh, album was called Cannonball, which Sia wrote. That song for me 
it really freed me from so much that I was personally dealing with at the time. And I felt that anything's possible was a perfect reflection of where I'm at in my life right now. And it's really about a, a, a someone that's just choosing to leave your past behind you and move forward with positivity and joy, but most importantly, faith and, um, you know, and, and, and excitement for the future and just really believing that there's greatness ahead. And so that's what it means to me. And I love it. I appreciate how you can take your music and it might be a heavy subject Mm -hmm. matter, but there's joy. Yeah. Hey, you. Of course. Hey, you. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That song for me, you know, I, uh, on Louder, this, so Hey, You is a continuation of the final song on Louder called If You Say So. And I wanted, uh, I had no intention of writing a song on uh, places that had anything to do with, you know, my past, my story or loss. Um, But, you know, as it would happen in the creative process, what's meant to just come out it just it, it it it's gonna come out one way or another. Being creative, and so I was sitting at home and writing, and I had had this song written out, and then I was with my two friends, Ali Timposi and Stephen Rabel, who are incredible singers and songwriters, and. Within 20 minutes, we wrote Hey You. And I wanted a song about loss that wasn't necessarily a, you know, stab you in the heart kind of song. Right. I mean, it, it does do that. But I wanted something that reminded me of of that happiness. And it's about if you had five minutes with someone that you lost, what would you say to them? And I, I think originally I thought maybe it would be something deep or heavy or intense, but instead I think I would just be like, oh my God, hi. Like, it's so good to see you. You look so good, you know? And um, so th- th- it's special to me. And I think everyone always wants to bring, draw, like, you know, they want to make it something that it's not and say, oh, it's such a sad song. And it's like, you know what? This is a beautiful song for me, and I'm in a great place in my life right now, and I'm and I'm very happy. And I think I, don't, I appreciate that you're owning it. You have every right, Leah, to be happy. <laughs> you do. I know. Thank and you know, you. and we know. You know, everybody. And that's why I say everybody's got something. On the surface, everything is glitz and glamour to people. <laughs> You've had challenges, mm-hmm. just like everybody else. What has been the toughest road for you, and what have you learned from that that has helped you today? Hmm. I mean, I think that, you know, putting putting everything that's happened to me aside, like put, just putting that aside, okay. you know, um, for me, you know, I, I grew up in the Bronx. I'm from New York. I've worked in every theater on this hey. street, like around the block. Yeah. And then I moved to Los Angeles and I was suddenly on a television show. I was away from my family and kind of, you know, thrown into this phenomenon. And for me, um, just really remembering who I am and staying true to myself was something that I I just, I made it the most important thing in my life and staying connected to my family and not letting any negative say or any crazy stories, you know, just dilute who I really am at my core. And I think it's something that you still have to remind yourself of every single day. Thank you. Because, you know, you have a lot of young followers yeah. and they're on social media and people can be brutal it's to brutal. them, to yeah. us, all of that. It's brutal. So what is your message to help people when they're like going, you know, because if anybody has, has faced it, like mm-hmm. being in the public eye, you have, how have you gotten through it? It's I'm really through. hard. I mean, I, I wrote a song on my album, it's called uh, Tornado. And I it was literally about sort of the intensity that comes from the media sometimes. And for me, I, I, what I started to find so 
scary and frustrating was that people have the right to write whatever false stories they want. And that would blow my mind. And I wanted a song that said, you know what? Actually, bring it on. I can take (laughs) it. I I can handle it because as long as my mom knows who I am, I know who I am, my friends and my family, that is all that matters. I hear you. And that's all you have control over. Exactly. That's all you have control over. Uh, We do something here on the podcast. It's called Don't Think, Don't Blink. You just... Put your hand into oh. the fishbowl. Okay. Okay. And I, I had to do this for, again, sound Shouldn't effects. Shouldn't there be more things in no, that fishbowl? No, 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 Okay, don't think, so, don't okay, blink. Okay, take another sip. Don't think, don't blink. They're all harmless. Just put your, your, just well, put your paw in there. Okay, take one out. What does it say? And what is your answer? Uh, what, what's a song that brings you back to your happiest memory? Ooh. Um, um, I'm going to say... <laughs> um, that song, baby, sleep on it, baby, baby, let me sleep on it. Will you love me forever? Do you Come on, speak it? up. Will you, 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 me me love, love, you. love me? Will you love me forever? Will let me sleep on it. Yeah, I well, love what because, is it. What is it about that? <laughs> well, because um, it was sort of in this magical moment at, at Glee. You know, it was like a magical sweet spot moment. It it was the final number that the Glee Club sang together before they graduated. And, um, and, and, and everyone that day, like I remember everyone on the set, we were so happy. Like I was so happy. The show was in such a good place. And every time I hear that song and I, I, yeah, I had this like, I had this moment where I go, stop right there. I gotta know right now. Before we go any further, do you love me? Do you love me forever? And so, like every time I hear it, I get like all revved up. <laughs> oh, I love, I love you. You're just, you're so alive right now. <laughs> In the final moments that we have, yes, I want you to just speak from the heart. And what is your message? What is your overall message to help people who have their something to? Yeah. To th- to believe in that anything's possible and brighter days and this too shall pass. You know, I mean, so many of the most incredible things that have happened to me in my life have come out of something either not working out or me not getting something that I thought was the thing. Um, and I feel like it's very hard when you're going through something to believe that there could be light on the other side. It's so hard to believe, but really truly finding that strength within yourself to know that there is that happiness and that positivity just on the other side. And if you could just get there to keep going a little bit further, just when you think you can just go one step further, it's so worth it when you get there and when you do finally feel (sighs) that goodness. Yeah. Goodness spending time with you. You as well. Thank you so much. Congratulations on the success of Places, everybody. Places, Places, please. Places, places. Leah Michelle. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Leah is extremely busy these days, and we're so thankful to her and her team for making the time to sit down with us. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. So... 
Since this episode was short and sweet, we thought, why not revisit some of our favorite moments from season one? You know, we're grateful to all of our guests. And some conversations in particular really always stay with me. Like the one I had with the hilariously dry comedian Tig Notaro. Did you know we're both from the same little hometown in Mississippi, past Christiane? We both faced breast cancer, and we both lost our mothers when we were ill. And we both have incredible women by our side to help us through our somethings. Now, before you hear from Tig, I want to share part of the conversation I had with NBA legend Urban Magic Johnson and his equally captivating wife, Cookie. They were college sweethearts. They have had more than their share of challenges. Magic's HIV diagnosis, two broken engagements. You heard me, two of them. But last year, they celebrated their 25th wedding anniversary. So how does love survive against the odds? They were the perfect couple to ask. You, you talk about the breaks yeah. that you all have had. Yes. You know, it took 12 years before right. you were able to, to get, get married. To get married. I mean, yeah. and you had the, sometimes Magic had the ring picked out. How do you trust again? I'm sure women have asked you that. Yeah. How do you trust again? It was hard. And, and you know, that's why a couple of those breaks were four years. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just like, okay, we broke our engagement, you know, this day and then like a week later we got married it wasn't like that at all it took like when we broke the first engagement it took an entire year before we even spoke again and then you slowly get back to that point we slowly what we did was we started becoming friends again Mm -hmm. like um we start he broke the ice because he came to detroit he's like (laughs) he calls like i'm just checking on you see how you're doing you know you want to come to the game like no but (laughs) but i was i was actually happy to hear his voice you know and then we became friends that that's the nice part we we didn't try to date right away we just became friends we would talk every now and then if he got hurt i'd call him right away and say are you okay what are you doing you know i would you know like we we, like a friend would do. Open the dialogue. Yeah, he'd up. check on me, how's mm-hmm. work going, mm-hmm. you know, da-da-da-da-da. And it took four years to get to that point where we were like, okay, we should try it again. Well, you know? Well, we were made and we for did that other. twice. We were made for each other. We, you know, this this was going to happen, <laughs> you know? And, and I knew that. And I think in the back of her mind, she knew that. Even, even there was a lot of girlfriends who said, dump them, don't think about them. <laughs> And most of the time, men mature later than women. Mm -hmm. So it was my immaturity in terms of a relationship. I was matured as a basketball player, but as a man, no, I wasn't there yet. And Mm -hmm. so it took a while for me to get there. And then what's funny is we get married in that first year, and I'm looking at it and said, man, this is great. Uh, We should (laughs) have... Um, you listening right now? You can't look. You can't see Cookie's expression right now. She gave me a look, right, a little stank face, like, mm, yeah, exactly. like I had to tell him that. Uh, he really like, we should have did this a long time ago. Yeah. So it's just beautiful, and so, yeah. and, and what we have is just special because again, we can uh, finish each other's sentences. We mm-hmm. know what each other are thinking before mm-hmm. it comes out, and then we also allow each other to still be individuals and mm-hmm. I think that's really important. Yeah. I'm an early riser, she rises late. 
I like to work out early. She works out later. It's so we, we, we understand that. And so I never tried to change her and mm-hmm. she never tried to change me. Right. Just be who you are. And we're going to come together and be this incredible team and this one in a, in a relationship and do some great things together. Hi, Tig. Hi, Robin. Why I'm just a person? Well, I remember thinking, okay, I'm for sure going to die very soon. And this is not supposed to happen. And then I also had the thought of, well, why would I be special? Of course, this could happen to me. I'm I'm just a person. And how am I better than somebody else? That's partly why I wrote my book, Everybody's Got Something. Uh-huh. But we all have resources and gifts to help. You mm-hmm. help us with your humor, mm-hmm. um, just with your, uh, just how you approach life. Mm-hmm. So what do you say to somebody who's got their something, whatever that something is, to help them get through it? Well, I know that for myself, when I was... Um, lying in bed, really not sure, you know, just the highs and lows of, okay, I'm going to get through this. And then, oh my gosh, I'm not, I'm going to die. And then, oh my gosh, I'm going to get through this. It just that craziness. And it was so hard, I'm sure, as you experienced to get out of bed, to even brush my teeth or just, I felt like I weighed a ton and but I remember thinking, you know, I, I didn't, not that I didn't want to allow myself to take time, but I also didn't want to become too stagnant and mm. sucked in by it all. And um, I think that for me, it was just a tiny, just tiny steps, just moving forward and, and, um, and just in time, the, great distance that you can go even with just the tiniest little steps and some of those tiny steps were just to brush my teeth you know yeah and um and i think that's probably the most common thing that i tell people is is um just i know it's it's kind of cliche no it's not i I think of the legendary pat summit the coach of Tennessee Lady Balls, and she told me, left foot, right foot, breathe. Mm-hmm. Left foot, right foot, breathe. Yeah. And that's just what you do. Yeah. You just, there's no grandiose. I mean, if we did have some like, uh, okay, if you do these five things, yeah. you too can get past. You, yeah. Oh, how I love my conversation with Tig. She is such a quietly fierce and funny woman. She and her wife, Stephanie, celebrated the birth of their twin sons last year. I wish them and Magic and Cookie Johnson all the very best. All right, let's keep the highlights from season one rolling. I couldn't pass up my man Tony Robbins. He's been a positive influence in my life and millions of others for years. In fact, I just attended one of his rocking, uplifting events in New Jersey. Boy, what a time that was. He gets you excited about life. And in a moment, you're going to hear what he said when I asked him what his best advice is. Advice. Well, that's something Delilah knows a thing or two about. She's been doling out wisdom on the airwaves for more than 30 years. Delilah. (laughs) She's very transparent, has a journey that you might not associate with someone who gives relationship advice. But before you hear from Delilah and Tony, 
Next up is the fabulous and talented chef and Food Network megastar, Giada De Laurentiis. Of course, we talked about food and her delicious recipes, but you know what? It was this moment, this moment that has stayed with me, something she had never shared before, how she dealt with the unimaginable death of her brother. We were very close, and I always thought, I'm going to make something of myself, and I'm going to do it for my brother, because he didn't get a chance to do that, because he was the oldest in my family, uh, well, after me, but the oldest male, and a lot of expectations were put on his shoulders, because he was a boy, and had the same name as my grandfather, so, and he wasn't able to do any, but he died at 30, so, of cancer, so I always said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to show everybody that, you know, I'm going to do it for the both of us. And you have, and you've... um I get. Thank you for what you're doing with melanoma and oh, the, yeah. and the work that you're doing because that is the cancer that took your yeah. your brother's life and you've made that part of your. You were very close to him. Very, very. We cooked together. We were, yeah, mm. we were very, very close. Mm. It was a it was a shocking moment to watch my brother die at 30 and of I, melanoma. I couldn't believe it. And that is something. Everybody's got something. That was something you had to get through. Many of the people that are listening have lost someone close to them. How yeah. were you able to pick yourself back up? Well, I, I, I sort of ignored it for a long time. Did you? I didn't believe it for a long time, yeah. And I dove into work, like dove. I had just gotten, I'd just done one season of Everyday Italian. And uh, I thought, okay, I'm going to put all my energy into this. Hmm. And for a long time, I couldn't talk about my brother being gone. I couldn't. And I had lived, I lived next door. So it was a constant reminder every single day. And I, you know, my sister dealt with it differently. My sister, you know, she, all she wanted to do was talk about it and cry and talk and cry. My mother too. And I was like, I just couldn't be around them. I was like, I can't do this. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to do this. And so I think I shut down for quite some time, several years. And it wasn't really until I had my daughter that I realized Okay, I think I can love like this again. Mm. I was so hurt. I was so, you know, they say when you doubt, I mean, I was, I'm a Catholic and I was brought up in a Roman Catholic family. Uh, I, I said, I, you know, I hate God. I hate it. I hate him. I hate him for taking my brother. I can't live without him. Uh, I hate it what it did to my family. I hate the pain that everybody had to go through. And as horrible as it sounds, you know, I, I had a little brother, and I hated him for a while, too, because I was like, wow. I, I want my other brother back. Yeah, It was horrible. I don't even think I've ever said that oh. before. But it was horrible. I, and I, But through a lot of therapy, 20 years of it, mm-hmm. and giving birth to my daughter sort of changed my perspective and maybe took away some of the edginess and some of the, I don't know, I think I've, I've found peace where I didn't have peace for a long time i had like this inner feeling of like sure something is just i just want to strangle something Mm. you know that anger that goes deep deep that you push push when you're mad that something you loved was taken away a lot of pain yeah the pain you push down and it just always eats at you every once in a while uh i'm a very spiritual person and going through you know the loss of my parents and katrina blowing away my hometown and being ill i got mad too I got really mad at God. Mm-hmm. But then my mom said, you know, 
you get mad at God. He can take it. Yeah. yeah he can take it. He's, yeah. like, he's like, he. it's okay. You, you, can, you can get mad. Yeah. 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 And then one day you wake up and it, everything it, starts to turn around a little. Right. Something is given back to you or something happens and you realize, okay, it's not your fault. You have to give up the story of what's holding you back. I always tell people the only thing keeping you from getting what you want is the story you keep telling yourself about why you don't have it. Because when you believe your limiting thoughts, they become real. I say divorce your limitations and marry the truth. The truth is <laughs> there's nothing that you can't achieve or accomplish if you're willing to put the work in. But most people, you know, they look at somebody like you, Robin, or someone who's successful in any way, and they project that you're lucky or that things just drop for you. And, and listen, there's grace in your life. There's grace in my life. But we've also done our part. And so often people, they want the result, but they won't put the effort in. Um, you know, people ask my wife, what's the one thing about Tony that nobody really knows? She goes, how much he prepares. I mean, I so uh, over-prepare. Hmm. And I could do it with my pinky today. I can get up and do 50 hours in a weekend and not even think about it. But I still want, you know, it's the difference between um, emotional intelligence, you know, that the skill and cognitive ability to interact. Sure. Versus what I would call, uh, let's say, emotional fitness. Intelligence is a capability. Fitness is a state of readiness. You and I both know as athletes. Mm -hmm. And you can have the capability and not execute. But if you're in state, if you are ready, if you are that place, you'll execute. So a big part of getting to where you want is learning to master your emotions, learning how to shift. Because if you can't discipline your disappointment, you know, disappointment either destroys you or drives you. True. And every great athlete, every great business person, every great human being that I've ever met, they take whatever life throws at them and it drives them. It drives them to be more, to create more, to give more, to do more. Whereas the majority of people settle. Delilah. I have such uh, admiration and respect for you. You don't shy away from anything. And from the outside, someone would say, well, how can Delilah... She's, give advice. Uh, give advice. She's been divorced so many times. <laughs> and, you know, one time she was married for six weeks. You know, so, wow. But you know what? Because you don't shy... This like how you just, you know, you didn't shy away from... Some people, well, I would bring that up and they look like, why is she talking about that? <laughs> but because of that, you are in a place even more so to talk to people. And you know, to, my six-week failed marriage... Uh, probably was more life-changing than just, except for having my children, that incident probably blessed me and helped me more than anything else in my life, because it was that situation that got me into a 12-step program, that got me into uh, a fellowship where I could say, um, yeah, uh, okay, so maybe I missed a few signs that, um, you know, needles in the bathroom. Yeah, uh, he was yeah. a nurse. So, but I, I started going to this 12-step program um, because I wanted to go throttle this person. <laughs> I mean, that's the that's God honest mm -hmm, truth. Mm -hmm. And they said you have to go to six meetings before you can have a conversation because he was in a treatment program. So I was bound and determined to go to those six meetings just so I could go throttle him. <laughs> and probably around meeting three or four, I shut up and listened. Mm. And then I went, oh, my word. Oh, my word. My entire life, I have been caretaking alcoholics and drug addicts. I have been codependent. 
I have been trying to rescue people who didn't want to be rescued. They just want needed to use somebody. And that was such a defining thing in my journey and my path of life. And uh, I thank God for that six-week marriage. Mm. And the person that I was married to completed treatment, went on with his life, became a registered nurse, has had a very blessed, good, healthy life. Um, so uh, it was a it was one of those things that God brought me to for a specific reason. I sure do agree with Delilah that everything in life, good and bad, has reason and purpose. I hope you don't mind this little stroll down memory lane. This final highlight has a very, very special place in my heart. India Ari. She has become such a dear friend. Her music is soothing, uplifting, and purposeful. Together, did you know this? We wrote Beautiful Day. That's GMA's theme song. And she blessed me again by writing the theme song for this podcast. You've been asking, so we're going to play the entire song for you in a moment. But first, I want you to hear how India, after great success in the music industry, found herself, like many of us, struggling. She dropped out of sight for four years, and some would say that was risking her career. But she did it in search of her own inner truth. What could be perceived as a breakdown was actually a breakthrough for India. What I learned spiritually from that situation was that I was living a life thinking that I had to accomplish something or be something to be worthy of being loved mm. or worthy of being alive. I had to please people and make them, you had to be liked. And I, I thought that that is what made me worthy of being alive, period, and worthy of being liked and worthy of being loved. I thought it was my gifts. And I had to go through all that to learn that I'm worthy because I'm alive. Period. Everyone's worthy Period. because they're alive. But you don't know that unless you tell yourself because the world's going to tell you something different. Mm -hmm. The world's always going to. You might if you're blessed, you have parents that tell you. But then your parents also say, hey, pull up your pants. And you know what I mean? There's that stuff, too, because they're your parents. But you have to tell yourself that you're I'm worthy and I'm significant and I matter because I exist. Period. But I had to teach myself that. But getting sick is why mm. I had to teach myself that. But you taught yourself that. See, often oh. I, I've often said, you know, you know, everybody's got something, and mm. we have all have loss and heartbreak. Mm. But the tragedy is we don't take time to understand the meaning and the purpose. That is the tragedy. Yeah, that's the tragedy. When you don't learn your right, lesson, not not the scars, not the blisters, not no. that's not the tragedy. That's but right. if you didn't take the time, you have your back. Thank you. You can feel it in your heart. Feel it in your soul Everybody's got a little something Something that makes them feel gold Feel it in your morning But it won't last Everybody's got a little something Something that's in their past Cause you'll never know What someone else is going through Can we look at each other And remember that I am you 
can we live for each other? Love one another. Stand together in the light. Can we live for each other? Love one another. Stand together in the light. You can feel it in your body. Not in your mind. Everybody's got a little something to offer to humankind. Everybody's got a little something, so remember to always be kind. Mm-mm-mm. Cannot get enough of that beautiful song by Andy Ari. If you want to hear the full episodes from these and other Season 1 podcasts, just go to robinpodcast.com, and you'll find all the streaming options there. So what about next week? Well, someone that I go way back with is going to join us. He is a legendary sports broadcaster that has been calling games for over 40 years. It's Ernie Johnson, EJ. He has an absolutely incredible story that he talks about in his beautiful new book, Unscripted. I love that title, Unscripted. Isn't that what life is all about? I can't wait to share it with you in a couple of days. Until then, we'd love to hear from you, our listeners. Just leave us a review and let us know what you like and what could be better. And hey, while you're there, let us know what your something is. We might want to talk to you for one of our upcoming episodes. It is time to sign off for this week, but before we do... You know what's coming. I'm not going to make you wait this time. Hot mess, still blessed. And thanks as always to my podcast posse, John, Alex, Josh, Rennie, Danielle, and Jade. And of course, my entire team at Rockin' Robin Productions, GMA, and ABC Radio that contribute to this podcast. They all mean so much to me. We're going to see you next week on Everybody's Got Something.